0: So what's worse, staying where you are right now for the rest of your life or trying it and having a chance of it working.
1: Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life, and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me and you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast Co. They have just released a self-paced Course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step by step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting music, creating the perfect cover, and building a successful launch strategy. Basically, by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. To the Boldly Courageous podcast. As always, it is such an honor to have you here with me today. And my guest today is Marina Middleton. And Marina and I actually met through network marketing way back in our fitness days. And over the past, gosh, like nine years, I have just witnessed this woman continually stand in her gifts and evolve and grow her business in the most beautiful ways while really tapping into her confidence and becoming more self-expressed. It's been such a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast because she is doing some incredible work in the branding, marketing, monetizing space for entrepreneurs. But this conversation is not business heavy. This conversation is one where Marina shares a lot about her process around personal growth. She talks about boundaries and her core values when it comes to her life, which are freedom, love, impact, and wealth, and how her unique way of building boundaries around those four pillars has given her time and space and even more purpose to create impact in her life. And we dive deep into this concept that I know so many people struggle with, which I I found so much permission on, which is the difference between resting and quitting. And gosh, it was such an eye-opener. You're going to love it. And lastly, we talk a lot about her experience of being bullied as a child. Um, She was an immigrant here from Egypt and having to navigate through imposter syndrome and upper limits and what 21-year-old Marina was like and what the catalyst was for her to really start shifting the direction of her life and to becoming an entrepreneur. So lastly, we round out the conversation talking about storytelling, which is her superpower. We dive deep into um, an offer that she has to help you build your brand, build your story. We talk about the mistakes that people make when it comes to storytelling. So this episode is equal parts motivation, inspiration, and empowerment, and also business and brand strategy. So my guest, Marina Middleton, is a mother, an entrepreneur, and a brand and business strategist committed solely to helping women build their personal brand. As a creative outlet in 2013, Marina began sharing her life, connecting with others and building her personal brand through content creation and social media. Her openness about being bullied, racial discrimination, and becoming a single mother at 23 resonated with thousands of women and the ripple effect empowered others to find the courage to share their own stories of vulnerability. This impact led Marina to build Empowered Confidence, a consultancy that supports women in building, monetizing, and scaling their personal brand through community courses and events. Prior to entrepreneurship, she earned a BS in marketing and minor in fashion at Johnson and Wales University. Following her college career, Marina worked for Yahoo, Tumblr, and Yahoo News, developing digital media campaigns for some of the most recognized global and Fortune 500 brands. Her expertise has been featured across publications, including Yahoo News and Yahoo Finance, and she was named one of the top 10 success entrepreneurs to build their business during a global pandemic let's dive in to my incredible conversation with Marina. Marina made me do it. Welcome (laughs) to the podcast. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. Um, That is like the OG Instagram that I remember you by from when we met way back in the day through network marketing. And what I love about you is truly your light. Like you carry this like genuine, authentic, relatable light that is so welcoming. And I love how you just show the different facets of like your story of being a mom and being a wife and being an entrepreneur, but you're also not afraid to show kind of the messy behind the scenes and all that. So authenticity is definitely a word that comes to mind when I think of you. So I'm just grateful for you being here.
0: Thank you so much. I had the craziest flashbacks thinking of Marina made me do it. And so many people like, from my community still remember that, which is just amazing within itself, but I'm so, so excited to be here. Um, And thank you for all of your kind words. You show up 110% and you're always pouring back into your community. So I'm, I'm honored to be here.
1: Hmm. Well, thank you. And yeah, we'll, we'll share a little bit of the backstory of where Marina made me do it. I, I always think of people sometimes in terms of like their Instagram handles, cause I, you see them so much on your phone. Right. But obviously there's a story behind, or there's a person behind the handle, but um, okay. So what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently?
0: <sighs> recently, I would say, rejoin a mastermind I'm not an I I don't invest in programs even though I have my own program that's like investing is a big deal for me I'm not used to putting my money in certain things that I don't like not tangible right like you know I go and shop and I buy something I'm like oh this feels good like I can wear it I can justify it but in coaching and masterminds and um, events it's a little bit harder for me just because I'm 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 scared because it's relying on me to show up. Um, so that would that would be the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that I've just done recently.
1: Mm, I love that. So, do you do you remember your first investment into something mm. that felt scary? And does it feel different than this investment, or does it feel the same?
0: Yeah. So my first investment was three months after I got laid off from my full-time job and it was a big investment. it was five thousand dollars into a business course and I had never invested in a coach before outside of fitness training. you know I, I've never even thought about it and I was terrified but I was I felt like I had no choice. I was like, I'm going all in on this. Okay. So I was terrified, but I was like, I'm doing this. I'm going to show up all of that stuff. This one, it feels the same in the sense that I'm like, Oh my God, this is a big investment. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I know how beneficial it is now. You know, I have like I have seen the power of investing in communities. I've seen the power of investing in business coaches and strategists and masterminds. And so although it's uncomfortable to make those investments, I know it works, right? So I just push myself to do it now.
1: Mm. I find that whenever I make an investment, the transformation happens before I even, like the the, the investment is part of the transformation, right? A
0: hundred percent. I am telling you the second I made that first payment, we haven't even had a call yet we haven't i the library hasn't opened up nothing and i was like okay what am i what am i going to do now and it gave me that accountability and that fire under my butt to just like go and do all the things that i've been saying i want to do cuz we tend to wait right like we wait until monday we wait until a new month we wait until a new year we wait until a program starts like we're constantly waiting for something that then triggers us to you know to do an action and I, it's so normal. So I want to normalize that, but I also am like, okay, I'm going to start now. Like I did it. Like I don't have to wait until anything else. This is the accountability that I need.
1: Yeah. I totally feel that. Um, Yeah. I just, I resonate with that on, on so many levels and, and the why wait thing, the mentality of, I mean, I've been in this rut, I, we all have, right? Where it's like, you start off the week really great. And by, I mean, this is like my life as a fitness entrepreneur, and I know you feel the same way too. It's like the one day you fall off the bandwagon, you're like, well, I've ruined it for the rest of the week. So I might as well just start over again on Monday, like fresh start. And I wonder sometimes if if there's like a like a piece within that, that is a part of you that's craving permission or craving mm-hmm space. Cause I go through those phases where it's like, if I'm too far in the structure and like the do and the masculine, like there's some part of me that wants to like rebel and be in the feminine of like, fuck off. I don't want rules kind of thing. And, yeah. and so it's like, a, there's, there's almost like this like moment where you need to prepare yourself for the structure again. Right. Have you ever experienced that? Like kind of cycle of like start, stop
0: a hundred percent. And I think also permission is a huge part of it. Like knowing that I have support and knowing that someone else has done it before me and knowing that I can do it, just hearing someone be like, you can do it. I'm like, okay, I can do it. You know, even though I can tell myself, I talk to myself all day, every day, but it's just that permission. But I also realized again, coming from like the fitness industry and, um, not having having the best relationship with like health and wellness and food and understanding like harmony and not balance and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. I never really understood the difference between, or sorry, I was never taught that there was a difference between resting and quitting. Mm, like I oh. always felt like if I fall off on Friday, well, I just, I failed. I quit. I cheated. I did all of these negative things. And it's like, well, I'm just going to quit until I'm ready to start again. And so we're constantly feeling like we're starting over, we're starting over, but it's like, no, give yourself some freaking grace. You're just resting. Like, can I have a minute, you know? And, and so I'm 31 now. I literally learned this at like
1: 29, 30, you know? Mm. That is – we could just like end the podcast right there because that is so – like you're giving me so much permission and just like, wow, wow, like the difference between resting and quitting. Yeah. Right? And our higher self, like our future CEO version of us knows that rest is – more, it just in recovery, like athletes know Mm -hmm. rest and recovery is just as important as your training, but Mm -hmm. our ego and our limiting beliefs and the imposter syndrome and the mean girl within us that is operating from a place of fear and lack and scarcity and, and, uh, really just trauma, like trauma, right. Is like, Mm -hmm. is you're quitting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That honestly, it changed a lot for me and it changed the way I show up as, a partner, as a mom, as a friend, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a leader, like I always, I just never gave myself grace. Mm. uh, And I always felt like, you know, social media definitely plays a huge part of it, even though I truly love the internet and love social media. And I think that there's so many benefits that come along with being on social. I also believe there is this, you know, just this expectation to always go, 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 go. And the people that you admire or you aspire to be like, don't ever stop, but they do. And they take a second and they rest and they disconnect. And then it's not even a thought process to keep going
1: again, or it's never, you're starting over. You're literally just, you're going, it's part of the process. It's incorporated in like downtime is part of the business plan. I was in a mastermind actually with, um, Chris Harder. I know you're in the Fast Foundations mastermind. Love that. Love those people. And we did this unicorn brainstorming exercise where you just fill out this prompt. Wouldn't it be cool if, and you just you write, you write down like 20 or 30 things. Wouldn't it be cool if, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce were my homies. Wouldn't it be cool if, you know, I could work remote. Wouldn't it be cool if I made a million dollars this year? It was just like, let your mind go. Right. And then you have to like start crossing things off the list, which feels really hard. But the whole point is so that you can, you can narrow in on like the top three or five things. And it really helps you to see like what your soul really desires. And when I looked at it, it was like travel and freedom and play. And I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize how much I valued that. I just viewed it as like a reward to working hard. And I started to shift my perspective to say, actually, this is part of the business plan, like travel and freedom and play, fuel the creativity that creates the business plan and all the structure and all those things. So yeah, I had to like shift my perspective to say, I don't need to feel guilty for wanting time off yeah. But I think the key is to catch it before you're in like crisis mode, right? Before you're at the point where you're like burning out, you you don't like you actually the idea of serving like makes you feel exhausted, right? So do you, do you know now kind of what that tipping point is for you or how do you like manage that?
0: Yeah, it's so interesting just using the word reward. I always felt like, you know, words are great, but when you don't hit a certain milestone or you don't even have an amazing relationship with yourself and yourself like worth. Sometimes you're like, I'm not deservant of this break. I'm not deservant of this reward. I'm not deservant of this travel, whatever it is. And so, um, again, I love that you keep saying like, this is part of the business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, truly I, I haven't, reached my tipping point in a very long time, mainly because of how strict I am with my boundaries. Um, before I wasn't incorporating turning off, wasn't incorporating rest, wasn't incorporating fun things. Like I always envisioned creating a business or being an entrepreneur, a working mom, like all of these things as very like stressful. Mm. I wasn't like, I never envisioned entrepreneurship to be easy and I'm on vacation all the time. And there's just like an abundance of money. That's not how I envisioned life. I always saw entrepreneurs or entrepreneurship as very stressful. I am working all the time. I have no boundaries. Like everybody's, you know, just stressed, like just people running around, running around. And I think that stemmed from just coming from corporate America and like truly boundaries did not exist in corporate America. Um, And so I realized that when I wasn't implementing these boundaries was when I hit the wall, like when I, I wasn't happy anymore showing up for my clients. I wasn't motivated to create things that were actually beneficial and serving my community. Um, And it took me again, to hit that wall, to pause, like, I'm not even having fun. Like, what the hell am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. You know? And so that's when I started to really figure out what things fuel me, what fill my cup, what makes me happy. Similar to you, like traveling makes me really, really happy. Being able to disconnect and see my friends makes me really, really happy. Being able to not miss my son's activities because I have a coaching call or an event or No matter how big it is, I will never miss something for him. Um, And those things are what helped me not hit that wall.
1: Mm. That's so key. And I know there's probably a lot of women listening being like, okay, well, how do you do that, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we hear this all the time, like boundaries and, you know, set your standards and have strong boundaries. And so when you think back to, you know, first starting your business, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of corporate America, you didn't have boundaries, so to speak, right? Like you said, you mentioned like right. you weren't taught that. So how did you start to figure out, like what were the – or maybe the better question is like, what are the boundaries that you've now put in place? Like, what do those boundaries look like? And how did you kind of figure those out? Yeah. So I'll start with how I figured it out first. Um,
0: I was implementing things that I thought I was supposed to. So I was going to sleep early. I was, um, you know, not, checking my phone before bedtime. I was working out. I was journaling. I was doing all the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing. Right. And then I realized that I had to take a step back and just start asking myself, what, what are my core values? What actually matters to me Mm. and things that matter to me were freedom. Like freedom is really, really important for me. Financial freedom, uh, the freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want, um, the flexibility, like that word freedom kept coming up. Love kept coming up. It was really, really important for me uh, to feel love and to give love. I've truly never met anybody that I, I just didn't want to like send a good morning text to, or, you know, check in on them. Like, that's just, I can't help it. Right. That's just who I am. Um, Impact was really important. And the idea of impacting other people positively. Like I never wanted someone to think of, oh, Marina Middleton or Marina Abraham for my maiden name and have this like negative association, right? That was really, really important that I always created this positive impact. So, and wealth, wealth was one of the last thing. I grew up very, very, very poor. We were in and out of family homes when we came here from Egypt. I'm an only child. And I like, when I tell you we struggled, we struggled. And I had terrible relationship with money and all of that stuff. So now as an adult, I'm like, okay, freedom, love, impact, and wealth are really, really important to me. So every single thing that I do, whether it's implementing boundaries or creating a piece of content or showing up for my clients or teaching, they have to revolve around these four, these four core values of mine, right? Is this thing providing me feedback, uh, freedom? Is this thing providing love? Am I providing impact or is it impacting me positively? And is it contributing to the overall wealth of the family that I, or the wealth that I want to build for my family, right? And so once I started figuring that out, I started implementing things that contributed to that. So I allocated time to travel. I really focused on how to have a better relationship with money. Like I can't always, have you ever been, or has anybody ever been in the position where like you make money and all of a sudden it's just gone? Like, where did it go? Like, I can never, I can never save money. I, I why am I always here? Right. We use these like phrases and we start talking negatively uh to ourselves. And it's truly because I just didn't understand how money worked. I didn't understand how I was using my money. So that really changed the boundaries that I was implementing. Like saving money was was. great thing because it it came out of respect rather out of Mm -hmm. scarcity. Um, Love. Am I pouring into my community? And do I feel that love back? And how can I create a space that really welcomed love? Like my students inside my course or my one-on-ones, we say, I love you all the time, right? We're like, oh my God, I love you so much. Oh, I love this community. And like, that's how I measure success is if someone truly feels like they love where they are, and then impact. Every single thing that I create, I'm asking myself, is this going to impact this person on the other side? Is it going to positively impact my life? There's These are just the things that I constantly think of. Um, and so... That's kind of how I got there. I figured out my core values and then I really audited my life and figured out are these things that I'm doing going to impact me? Like I started running and I'm like, I hate running. Why am I doing this? Right? Like I saw this girl on Instagram do it. And I'm like, I don't want to freaking run, you know? And it wasn't hitting any of those core values. And so I stopped running, you know? It's like, it's literally that simple.
1: Wow. I've never heard anyone really share their process to creating boundaries this Mm -hmm. way, but I really love, you know, the four categories that you shared and, um, it makes total sense. Right. And so now you can create frameworks around that. And, and it gives you sort of a filtration process to say, is this a yes, or is this a no, because I can come back to those four core values.
0: Yeah. And And I'm in a place where it's, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Like I'm just not doing it. I can't.
1: Mm. Amen. So I want to go back to the the rest versus quitting piece for a second because um as uh, as an entrepreneur, I people see kind of the highlights, right? They see yeah. the the well-curated social media feed and the well-thought-out captions and, you know, the graphics and all that and the success and the numbers and the launches and the impact and all these things are amazing, right? Yeah. But I know, and I'm sure you've experienced this, that the behind the scenes of entrepreneurship is also messy, right? And it's it's not for the faint of heart. So, whether it was through your experience in the corporate world or coming into entrepreneurship when you got laid off, did you say that you had gotten? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there ever a moment or a few moments that stand out where you were considering just quitting, like I don't think I can do this, or questioning? you know, whether you were on the right path and really considered like quitting.
0: Yeah. I consider quitting every day. (laughs) Like I wish I was exaggerating, like truly like every single day, like every single day, there is a point, whether it is something that didn't go exactly how I wanted it. Um, or there's too much happiness, which I know sounds silly, but like too many wins that I'm overwhelmed by um there is a point in my day where I question my ability to do this and I actually recently shared on my story that I did breath work for the first time now I am not a woo-woo person okay I want to preface that like I I love strategies I love things to just like make sense I need data I need that is just how I've Always operated, right? I'm 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 type A person, I just like to plan. And so breath work was an option. And I did breath work. And I'm oh like, God, I'm freaking just breathing. Like, what the hell is breath work? You know? And long story short, it was probably the most amazing experience that I've ever, 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 ever been a part of. And what's interesting is when I was in my session, I expected all of these positive thoughts to come and, you know, being overwhelmed with all the different ideas that I was going to have. And it was the complete opposite. All of the idea or all of the thoughts that flooded me was, can I do this? Oh my God, am I going to mess this up? Um, What if I fail? What will people think? And I shared this inside my community and people were like, wait, really? Like you have those thoughts too. And it blew me away that more people don't realize that this is more common than not. Right. And so I say that, and I share that story because for anybody that is doing something new that wants to go and create their, or monetize their personal brand. Cause we all have personal brands, whether you monetize it or not is a different story, create a business, um, you know, do anything, you will, oh, like fear always comes up that, oh my God, should I be doing this? Am I deserving of this? Should I quit? I feel like that comes up all the time. And that's okay. How I've started to translate that. And like I said, it comes up all the time, almost every day for me. I start thinking about what triggered me to have this thought. Like, why do I feel like this? What is pushing me? And is this thing pushing me because I am stretched and it's expanding me positively? Or am I actually in trouble, right? Am I in a place where I need to ask for help or I haven't done this thing before and it's way out of my comfort zone? So when those thoughts come, I, I really work very hard to translate them And understand why I have those feelings. So, yes, it comes all the time. And Mm -hmm. I try to handle them by just understanding what is triggering me and can I fix it or not?
1: And what do you think the trigger is?
0: Yeah, sometimes the trigger is most of the time is something new. Like I'm doing something new, I'm trying something new. And it's this thought of will people love it? Will it work? What will people think? Right. That's Mm -hmm. always kind of my my triggering moment of, of, I don't want to mess this up. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to just be the best that I could possibly be, which I think definitely helps me in the world that I'm in, but can also, you know, hold me back from wanting everything to be perfect and taking messy action, like messy action and me, like are just, we're not friends and we're, <laughs> we're working on our friendship, but um, it's a little hard for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. I, I feel like there are several times a day or a week where i will literally have thoughts being like i don't know if i'm cut out for this maybe yes. it's just not for me like maybe this just isn't for me and it's like you can feel somewhat defeated right because then you get into imposter syndrome or comparison you're looking at other people and you're like well what does she know that i don't know yeah what does she have that i don't have what is she what code has she cracked that i haven't cracked right mm-hmm. so i'm so grateful that you were willing to share that because I want to normalize for people that like, it's totally standard operating procedure to wonder if you're cut out for this or am I going to quit or, you know, all the things.
0: Yeah. I've never met anybody that has said, Oh, I wish I started later. I wish I didn't do this. it's just taking action is so amazing and it is really, really scary but that's the best part of it. You know, like I like thrive off of that. Um, But I love that you said normalize it because everybody feels it. Everybody feels it. And it's a shame that that holds a lot of people back.
1: So talking about taking action and, you know, doing the scary thing, you mentioned that you had been working in the corporate world. You have a very impressive resume, right? I I mean, people heard in the intro, like how accomplished you are and you had this incredible career in the corporate world. Why not stay when the universe kind of, threw you that curveball and you got laid off, why go into entrepreneurship? Why not go back into what you already knew in the corporate yeah. world? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, um, it's such a great question because that was something that I was questioning when I got laid off. So, um, working at Yahoo was always a dream of mine, like always, always a dream of mine. And so, um, it was Yahoo or Google. That's kind of like when I went to school for marketing, that's, that was my goal. And so when I got there, a lot of imposter syndrome came, came like overwhelming me with, um, and, I always felt like I don't belong in this room. Oh my God, these people are so much smarter than me. And, and not that they weren't smart, but like, to be frank, we were setting campaigns up for uh, digital, right? Like it's, we weren't, we weren't brain surgeons. We weren't, you know, doing anything um, earth shattering. And uh, but although it's very, very important um, it, I, I felt really overwhelmed with the imposter syndrome. So I always felt like my lack, my confidence wasn't there. And so, fast forward um years later i had worked at this point yahoo yahoo or yahoo tumblr yahoo news my department had um layoffs at yahoo news because they lost funding and it was truly just like this like privileged position of do i want to keep feeling this way um putting myself in you know, these situations where I felt like this imposter syndrome and being scared and all of this stuff, or do I want to try something new? Not realizing imposter syndrome literally follows you everywhere you go. So I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, this is not what I signed up for. But truly, like I always describe it as a very privileged position. Like I had the option of going back to corporate America, working at like a Google or an Amazon, or do I just start my own company? And I want to preface that. When I first decided to go out on my own, I made this whole announcement about how I was going to be a lifet- lifestyle blogger and this is what I was going to do. I lasted a month as a lifestyle blogger and I was like, this is just not for me. Like I cannot do this anymore. That imposter syndrome definitely started creeping in and I'm like, why is this happening? Like, you know, I thought this would end after leaving corporate America um, and it, and it didn't and I just had to learn to cope with it. So the biggest really pivotal moment for me was not the layoff. It was making an announcement that I was not going to be a lifestyle blogger. And that I actually wanted to use my marketing degree to help women build their businesses and their brands. You know, I think that was scarier to me for me than it was getting laid off and, you know, going out on my own.
1: Yeah. It's whenever you get like laid off, Right. You can say, oh, well, the company downsized. Oh, well, this happened. And so it really isn't something that, you know, you could say was your quote unquote fault, if you will. Mm -hmm. But when you pivot in your business or you decide that you want to do something different, it's 100% because of your own choice. And there's always a fear that you're going to like, people are going to judge you. They're going to think, oh, this girl's a hot mess. Like she doesn't have her life together, (laughs) like all the things. So have you, Um, since then, have you pivoted more than once in your business or has it been pretty consistent?
0: Yeah, definitely more than once, um, in the best way possible. And I try to teach like my students this and, and, and support them during these times. I've had students join our business course and they're like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm signing up for this course. This is what you're going to help me do. Right. Then we're like five weeks in six weeks in. it's a 14 week group course. course. So it's only 14 weeks, six weeks in. And they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to quit. And they stop joining the cause. I have to follow up. of like, where are you? Like, what happened? You know? And it is this, like, we just feel like we have to do this. And Gary V does a really amazing job at explaining this. He's like, you know, we put ourselves in these jails. You tell your friends, you're going to be a doctor. You go to school for medicine and you do all this stuff. And then you become a doctor and you're like, I hate this, but I can, it's too late. It's too late. I cannot change. And if literally anyone takes anything from this podcast, it's this, it is never too late. Pivoting is so powerful and you will support and impact way more people by taking the risk and having that courage to make that change and say, you know what? I can, I can, be happier. I can support more people once I pivot. So yes, I've pivoted numerous times. I went from being a lifestyle blogger to empowered confidence was originally started to, um, for just like confidence workshops. And I had a deal with Reebok and a deal with the YWCA and all of these speaking presentations. It was strictly in-person presentations about confidence. Um, and then COVID happened. And I had to pivot my whole entire business digitally. And that's when I added the personal brand development and the business side of it. Of like, what else am I really good at? How can I incorporate confidence and that personal brand development? Um, and then I was trying to speak to too many people. So I pivoted again to be a little bit more niche down. And then I pivoted my service. Like I'm constantly pivoting and it's not a negative thing. It's just part of the evolution, right? I'm evolving and... um it's the best thing ever.
1: Right. Like, can we just normalize or maybe pivot isn't even the word. It's just evolution. Right. Evolution. Like if you think about the Marina from 10 years ago and the Marina now, yeah. like if she was exactly the same, there would be no substance. There would be no texture or depth or growth. Right. I don't know about you, but that's like my biggest fear in life is like stagnation. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't totally. want to like doing the same thing 10 years later, but um i would imagine it comes back to those four core values of freedom love impact and wealth and in order Mm -hmm. for you to have those four core values you have to be evolving and growing and you know pivoting as they say i think that pivot gets such a negative connotation because people view it as quitting oh that didn't work out so they're you're just like throwing something at the wall to see what will stick but no that's that's a completely different thing right
0: yeah yeah and honestly. 21-year-old Marina would be so proud of 31-year-old Marina. She would just think she was so cool, you know? And I'm like, if I can say that, then I feel like I'm in the right path, you know.
1: What was 21-year-old Marina like? And what was what was her dream at that age?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think her, 21-year-old Marina really had like dreams. Like she just didn't understand she didn't understand her worth. She didn't understand that she could like really accomplish the things that she could accomplish. And she did accomplish, you know, I think 21 Marina was definitely lacking a lot of confidence. She was very, very insecure and just molded into whatever community she was around, whatever person was in front of her. She just molded into them so she could fit in. I think that was the most important thing for her. Um, And it's so interesting looking back at it because that was me literally my whole life. Like coming here from Egypt, I had an accent. I didn't know English. We were poor. We, you know, I had a unibrow. My mom didn't let me like do my hair, like, you know, like, which now I'm like, oh, I have to get my eyebrows done. Are you kidding me? Um, You know, so I just always struggled with confidence. I was bullied so much. I, you know, it was just, it was, very stressful. And I just thought that this is how life was. And so I didn't have these big aspirations. I didn't have these goals. I didn't think that I was really going to accomplish anything, especially because everybody around me was so successful that I just felt like I'm not good enough, right? I'm not smart enough to be a neurosurgeon. I'm not smart enough to work at Yahoo. I'm not smart enough to, you know, w- do any of these things. And so I just struggled with confidence my whole entire life, which made me make such. Terrible decisions. Like, I truly feel like when you are confident, you make better decisions. Like, that's it, period. Like, you make better decisions when you feel confident within yourself. Um, which again, all of those, all of that lack of confidence. I had my son at 23. I was in a very toxic relationship. I got married, divorced, and pregnant all in one year. Um, so it was crazy, 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 you know. 22, 23, 24 were crazy years for me. And that was kind of my like big pivotal moment, like this, holy crap, I cannot live like this. Let me figure out, you know, what is holding me back. And, and, um, yeah, 21 year old Marina is very different than 20 or 31 year old Marina.
1: Mm. And what do you think was the, well, you kind of mentioned like what the defining moment was, was those Mm -hmm. years of like having your son, getting married, getting divorced and hitting that moment of like, something's, something's got to change, right. Or this isn't helping it's hurting me or whatever that feeling was. So what was the action that you took at that point? Like, do you remember, was there one particular thing that you did or what was the first step that you took to kind of change that trajectory and, and maybe start, focusing on self-worth and building confidence and all those things.
0: Yeah. I think that it's so unfortunate as humans, sometimes we wait until we hit rock bottom or our back is against the wall. We find it easier to make decisions and to, you know, take leaps when we have no other option. Right. And so I was in a position where I had no other option, but to change the way I was living, because now I had a human that I needed to take care of. And motherhood has always been something that I um, wanted to experience. It it just was really like, if I had any dreams, it was to be a wife and a mother, right? Like those were like my two big goals. Um, And you know, the biggest thing was I, I got pregnant when I was in New York, I moved home with my parents, which was like, such with a child. So like my ego was just like, I was like, come on, come on, come on with me. I got you. Like, you know, we're going to get better. Just like hang in there. Um, and so my biggest thing was moving back with my family and surrounding myself with people that loved me and poured into me and, you know, told me that it was okay. And I was going to be okay. Um, I then took a year off of work, which very privileged position to be in. Um, and just like literally worked out and went on walks with my son and read books and just slowed life down. I just slowed everything down. And um, yeah, things kind of started picking up from there little by little. And that's when I started, that's after I applied at Yahoo and I was like, oh, okay, I can do this, you know, and I can get this job and I can be in positions that I never thought I could be in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like you came home like literally, but also like kind of figuratively like to yourself.
0: Totally, totally. And there was something, I come from a very small town. There was something really magical about leaving Manhattan and this life that I thought I was going to have and coming home. And it felt, I love fresh starts. It felt like a fresh start. Like it felt like I could do anything and any next move was dependent on me. Like it was up to me. So I I love that
1: it's like the rest not not quitting but like mm-hmm. the rest that your soul needed to kind of prepare you for this next big chapter of growth and evolution.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's
1: amazing. What does your family think about what you do?
0: <laughs> My family is supportive. I like to preface that they were an Egyptian family, like tough love is really the only love that we, you know, we give, like if you're my friend and I am like super nice to you, we're probably not that close yet. Right. Like, like, it's just, that's just (laughs) how it is. Um, but my family is, so I like to like think of my family as like the adults and like us as, as cousins and, and children and all of that stuff. I'm an only child. So my cousins were truly like my siblings. So I grew up always looking up to them. Every one of my cousins um, are very, 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 very successful emergency medicine doctors working at Amazon, working at Goldman Sachs, they're neurosurgeons, like they're just very, very, very successful. Um, and then my our parents, so my aunts and uncles, have always had a business. So entrepreneurs usually in like they own pizza stores and restaurants and all of that stuff. Um I don't think people truly understand what I do. I don't think my family like comprehends what I do. I don't even think my husband knows what I do. Like sometimes he uses things like, Oh, you're like motivating and empowering." And I'm like, what do you think I do on these calls? Like, I just need to understand, like, what do you think my role is? Um, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Um, and I say that with all the love, like, I don't care what they think as long as they support me and love me and they're not like bashing me. Um, yeah, they, they don't know, they don't really understand what I
1: do. I love that. It's so fun. Like, because their, their view of business, right. is you walk into a physical location and you sell something tangible, which probably makes a lot of sense for like what you were saying about your value exchange, when it comes to the way that you invest money is like, can I Hmm. touch it? Can I feel it? Can I see it? And that's, they were probably looking through that exact same lens where they're like, I don't understand. You're just talking to people and yeah. they pay you. <laughs> like, how does that even work?
0: <laughs> Literally. And I mean, my parents, and it's funny because I I do, I give my parents so much grace just because they worked really hard. At no point in my life did I ever feel like I was missing something, which is wild to say because we really didn't have much. Um, so I have no idea how they made it work. But um, because money has always been... an important factor in their life of like, once we get money, we'll be happy. Once we get money, we have this. And so that's kind of the mentality that I've been um, always taught and something that I've been trying to work on to, you know, to deal with. Um, Whenever my dad asks me anything, like if I'm traveling for a conference, he's like, how much are you getting? When I have a new student, they're like, how much did they pay you? And it's like, (sighs) dad, like, you don't have to ask that you don't have to worry. Like you don't have to, that is not how I equate success. Right. Important. Of course, like wealth, like I said, is one of my core values and having financial freedom is really, really important, but I don't count. That's just not how I think, you know? And so I think for them, for my parents specifically um, being safe and they're just, they're just scared of, of what could possibly go wrong. And that's just not how I think.
1: Yeah, you're thinking about what could go right,
0: mm-hmm. right, right, and and when it does, I'm like, hell yeah, like yeah. you know, I knew this would work out.
1: What has been the thing like to, with your business since you've started? What has been the the biggest sort of like celebration or your biggest milestone or the thing that you're most proud of? Like, um, and I don't mean like, oh, I'm most proud of myself. No, like, what is like yeah. the, a result in your yeah. business that you are like, like I fucking did that. And I'm so proud. And like, you really celebrated it.
0: Yeah. So I said this last night on my story, I had this moment again. So we talked earlier about how every day I'm like, I'm going to quit. I can't do this. This is, <laughs> you know, I'm not made for this, but yesterday I had this aha moment of, I have been running a profitable business for two and a half years. Yeah. I started my business during a pandemic. Okay. That alone is one of my proudest moments. Like being able to say, I am still profitable year over year working on my own, doing something that I have like wakes me up at night. Like literally I'm like, Oh my God, I have this idea. I need to write it down. That to me is the proudest thing that I could say. And also the idea of my son being able to see me do this is really cool to me. Like that Even if I made no money, the fact that he just thinks that I'm really cool for running my own business is an accomplishment within itself.
1: Do you think he'll be an entrepreneur?
0: Honestly, I don't know. He changes what he wants to do daily. At one point I was like concerned. He, He was like, really serious about being Spider-Man. And now he was like, you know, I don't know. He just changed. He's like, I want to be a hacker. I'm like, okay, we'll put you in coding school. He's like, I want to be a basketball player. I'm like, we'll put you in basketball. Like what is it that you want to do? But, um, I'm open to whatever, like, I really want to be that parent where I support him in whatever he wants to do. And yeah, hopefully I can do that.
1: What an interesting, um, parallel, to make of watching a child go from Spider-Man to, you know, a hacker to basketball player. But yet we just have this conversation about, oh, I work in the corporate world and then I'm going to be a blogger and now I'm going to do business. Like, but we judge ourselves for that. But a a child is like, I want to do everything. Right. Because the world is your oyster. Right. So how can we bring that like childlike curiosity to, wouldn't it be cool if I were a hacker or wouldn't it be yeah. cool if I was, you know, I feel like we would have so much more fun.
0: Absolutely. Honestly, being a mom and just talking to a six-year-old, um, is so amazing because it taught me how to use less words, how to explain things clearer and how to think bigger. I always felt like Sebastian thinks so big, he could literally do anything in his mind. And I also feel like he could do anything. But when I think about myself, I'm like, "Oh, maybe this could go wrong or, or like, maybe that's not a good idea. So I really like, I really love to take his views on things, um, and implement it in my life. Like it, I want to create a series of like, you know, things that motherhood taught me as an entrepreneur or for entrepreneurship. I feel like it would be so impactful.
1: I love this. Like success, according to Sebastian, like yeah. something like that would be so good, right? Yeah, write, it, write, it so good. write it down, girl. Okay. So let's talk about your business. I want to, I I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the impact that you're creating in the world and the people that you get to work with. So what would you say with everything that you're creating is like your superpower?
0: Mm. Uh, storytelling, uh, extracting stories and providing the support that the women that I work with need to share their story, that is my superpower. And, and I believe that's my superpower or I do that well because I share my stories Mm -hmm. and I just, I allow that space to, to exist.
1: Now, why is storytelling so hugely important, especially now?
0: Yeah. It's just a more organic way to connect with people. Um, you are no longer, and you can see this from the digital marketing space, like ads are not performing that well anymore. Digital ads are not performing. Static images are not performing as well because people want to resonate with humans. Um, This is why influencer marketing is so, so good because you have a human that's saying like, I I use this and I love it because it's changed my life X, Y, and Z, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one way to storytell. I can show up and say, hey, I'm a business coach and I can teach you how to build your personal brand. And it's like, oh, cool, like so many other business coaches and so many other people can teach me how to do that. But then I talk about the fact that I'm an immigrant and I'm an only child and I got pregnant at 23 and I, you know, left corporate America and I had to start over and I struggled with confidence and being able to say that you now trust me you feel like you know me right mm-hmm. you start building that loyalty to me and it you feel seen you feel heard you feel supported you you don't feel like you're alone anymore and that's the power of storytelling it connects humans that don't ever have to meet ever mm-hmm. in their life um and it just makes them feel supported
1: yeah i i remember learning this um in sales actually i'm going to share something completely different My mom and I were having this conversation yesterday and we were talking about religion Mm -hmm. and she was like, what are your thoughts on religion? Cause her and my dad were both raised in strict religion. And then we were just like not raised with it at all. Yeah. And somehow we got on the topic of religion and I started thinking about fables and stories for young children, like how religion and life and like social construct is all woven into children's stories and why are children taught that way right because it's stories connect it makes them easier to connect the dots on something or it makes it easier for them to draw their own conclusion and yet when we get into our business we don't think about storytelling in that way like Mm -hmm. we don't think about how the mind like i i believe and you could probably tell me this, maybe you can uh, share a little bit more about the science behind what happens in the brain when you're hearing a story versus being taught something like, is there a difference? Absolutely. And, and
0: you kind of, I love that you said it connects the dots, right? There is this, uh, idea that once you start telling a story, you're kind of hooked, Mm. right? That's why they say like, um, don't spoil the movie for me. Like, don't, don't tell me what happens. Yeah. People are bought in on the experience. They want to go through this journey with you. That's why, again, books, they don't start from the end, right? They, they <laughs> bring you along with them. Yeah. And it's this idea of like captivating your audience, captivating them and having them feel like they are invested and part of your journey. Um, And you, you said something that I wanted to highlight. The reason why I don't believe storytelling is implemented in more businesses or it's just starting to be implemented is because we are programmed just to sell. So if we want to make money, I need to sell you a product or a service in exchange for money, right? Like that is it. So we go with this one motive of making money rather than connecting, rather than building community, rather than building connection and relatability and relationships. Once you shift that, once you say, you know what? I'm going to serve. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to share my whys of why this product is amazing, why this service is amazing, why this whatever, right? Tell them about who I am, about the company. They're going to be bought in right positively not tricked they're literally like oh this is amazing and this resonates with me and we share the same values and in return i'm going to make money mm-hmm. right and so when you shift that everything changes and and there's nothing that connects humans more than storytelling just hooking them from the beginning And then bringing them on in a journey and then letting them know what happens. Right. It's just this like idea of hope. It's this idea of journey and, and, and connection.
1: Mm. It's like dating. Like I I'm dating right now. So there's so Mm. many parallels. And I'm like, when I go on dates, like I want to hear the stories. Like I'm always captivated in a story. Right. I'm just like literally leaning in and like, I want to know more, you know? Mm -hmm. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making when it comes to storytelling? Um,
0: biggest mistakes that I would see people making when it comes to storytelling is one, not actually taking the time to think of what story do I want to share? And not, you know, when we think of stories, you know, when Sebastian tells me something that is not true, I'm like, are you telling stories? Are you, are we, are we telling stories right now? Rather than saying, are you lying? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that there is a, there's a clear differentiator between genuinely sharing a story because there is going to be a beginning, a middle and an end, and you're bringing them along with you versus making something up because again, the ulterior motive is a sale. The ulterior motive is something else, right? And so intention is very important. I talk about it a lot with all of my clients. What is your intention of X, Y, and Z. And so the biggest mistake I would say is not understanding what the intention is of the story. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about being a single mom, my intention isn't to like, you know, be like, oh, pity me. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, so sad for me. It's more of, I want to, my intention is to give you hope. My intention is to support women and letting them know that like sh- shit happens. Can I say shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> shit <Yes>. happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, shit happens, mistakes happen and that's okay. And you can also feel like you've done something that is so crazy and so pivotal and so hard and then overcome that. Right. Um. So the biggest thing is not knowing what your intention is or having a negative intention when you're, when you're creating a story for your business.
1: Mm, yeah. I've seen that. I can feel that I've been, mm. I've done that. I think we've all been there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking about the woman who's listening. That's like, that's great, but I don't even have any stories to tell. Like, what do I even talk about? What do you Mm -hmm. say to the woman? That's like, I got nothing. There's nothing special about me. I'm not an expert at anything. Like, I don't even know where to begin, but
0: But I know I
1: want to help people. I just, I'm like, what do I even talk about?
0: That's like my favorite person, like my favorite, favorite person to work with, truly. Um, So one of the first activities that we do in Brand Business Accelerator, which is my course, and really something that I do monthly is brain dump. So I brain dump my story and it's all about, the I call it like the founder's bio, right? So even if you've never created something in your life, like I consider you a founder. And so when you think of your founder story, your founder bio, you get a paper and pen, you turn everything off and you start writing. Every single one of my students is like, I have no idea what I'm going to write. Nothing in my life has happened. And they're like in their thirties. I'm like, what do you mean nothing in your life has happened? Right? So sometimes we think, you know, we hear stories like, oh, I grew up poor. I'm, you know, i um, only a child. I got laid off. And you think you have to experience these like traumatizing things. And it, you don't have, that's not, That's not even it. That's just my story. Right? So I like to get a paper and pen. So whoever, you know, whatever woman is feeling like this, literally get a paper and pen, turn off everything and start writing. Again, questions are like, well, where do I begin? Anywhere, anywhere. If you want to start thinking about like from when you were your first, first memory, thinking about middle school, thinking about, you know, high school, college, were there, you know, times that you change? Was there a relationship that really like uh, triggers you? Was and happy thoughts too, like what happy thoughts come to mind? Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about how you grew up, thinking about, you know, a travel trip that you went on. And you just like brain dump, brain dump, brain dump. So I do this and then I think of and then I take a like a, a look at it after I step away. I, I come back and I look at it and I say, okay, what are things on this paper that really stand out to me? And some of those things are friendships that I've had, some of those things are. Again, the bullying, motherhood, um, my dating life. Like, I feel like I don't talk about it enough, but it was so comical. Like, dating was just not, it was, I was just not good at dating. <laughs> and I know, I like, it's just, it's very funny, but like, these are the things that come up, right? And so, these are things that you can start sharing. Again, the question might be, well, how is that relevant to my business? Well, the intention is not a sale right now. The intention Mm -hmm. is building relationships. It's for people to know, like, and trust you. Like my community, when they message me and they're like, I feel like we're best friends. Like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, or I get women that are saying, I never want to start my business, but I just love your energy and I love your story. And I'm like bought in. Mm -hmm. And if I ever do decide to start a business, I'm coming to, you know, talk to you. That's the goal. The goal is to cultivate this community of, um, of your people, right? Whoever that is, your people and start sharing these relationships and these, these building these relationships and sharing these stories then when you think about building your personal brand and monetizing, then we can figure out, well, what strengths did you develop from all of these things, right? Like me being a a single mom, I truly believe I am more resilient. I am more courageous. There is nothing that I don't think I can accomplish. Um, Even if I'm crying along the way to accomplishing it, like I'm going to get there. Um, And that is what happened from that experience, right? And so really thinking about your life, extracting the key moments, what did you get out of that? What strengths, what expertise did you, you know, um, did that help you develop? And then we can start pivoting and like, now what do I do?
1: Your whole energy and your face completely lit up. When I asked that question, and it was just like, you were like, oh, thank you for asking. Like, it was really, <laughs> really fun to watch. And so you can tell that you are very passionate about helping this exact person, because I think that You know, I think back to when I started in network marketing and all the women that I coach network marketing, it's like this fear and this doubt of like, I'm not special. Yeah. What do I what do I have to offer? Or I'm not a salesperson, or how can I even help people if I haven't helped myself? Right. So um, how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle the idea of um like not, you know, for the person that maybe what am I trying to say? For the person that hasn't like quote unquote gotten there yet, right? Mm -hmm how do you inspire others to come along with you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think one of the biggest reasons I get fired up is because it makes
0: me so sad to think so many people will not do the things that they are literally put on this earth to do because of their fear, because they don't think they are they have enough to share or they're not an expert or they don't have enough degrees or or there's someone out there that's more talented than them. Like those thoughts are always going to pop up, right? And so for, you know, for the person that is like, well, I'm not there yet. Like, how am I going to get there? You know, the tough love that I'm going to give that I feel like I was born with, like you will literally never get there if you don't start.
1: Mm.
0: Like you'll never get there. And so what's worse, staying where you are right now for the rest of your life or trying it and having a chance of it working, Mm. right? Like, I just feel like you have to advocate for yourself and there has to be a point. And it's unfortunate that we wait until our back is against the wall, until we hit rock bottom, like don't wait for that moment, literally start. And that starting could literally be writing on a paper and pen. Pen, like, uh, yeah. P- using paper and pen and writing, just like, this is what I want to do. Here are the thousand things that I want to do. Like, where do I start? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, starting could be listening to this podcast, right. Starting could be messaging you messaging me starting could be following different pages that now are going to support you in your thoughts and give you more positive thoughts. Starting could very much be, you know, Removing people and friends from your life that are holding you back. Like starting looks so different for everybody, but you just have to start. Like mm. that's it. You just have to start.
1: I forget where I heard this. It it could have been like Lori Harder or on a podcast mm. or something like that. Of like we we get so wrapped up in this idea of the worst case scenario. Mm. Of like, well, what if I do this and it doesn't work out and people don't love me and I fail and blah, 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 blah. And then, but really like when you, when you think about where you are right now, like you were saying, like you have to choose between the current pain that you're in or the pain of potential failure, like whatever that looks like when you really like net it out most of us are already in the worst case scenario experience. Like the worst case scenario. Okay. So I quit my job. I start, I don't go, I get laid off, right? This is like you and I, this is like our story for literally like I get laid off. I start this business. What if it, what if it doesn't work out? I don't make any money. Nobody loves me. I make a fool of myself. Well, if, if that happened, then, okay, I could always go and get another job. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm, in that scenario, right now, like I'm actually in yeah. the worst case scenario, but we don't think that way, right? And right. there's an activity where I do
0: like worst. It's called Hello Fear, and it's worst case scenario, best case scenario, the plan for the worst case scenario. Again, I like to plan. I yeah. need to have strategies. I need to know that, like, if this doesn't work out, it, this is what I can do to help me get through this this step, um, and that really helps. Like having this idea of well, if this doesn't work out. I will do X, y, and z. It's like, okay, that's not that's not so scary anymore. I, I can do that, you know?, right. so, um, yeah, just having some sort of plan and, and normalizing like things don't work out. You just have to keep going and don't stay in your worst case scenario.
1: No, and you adapt. That's how we learn, right? I think I'll, I always look at I was um, visiting family last week up in Maine, and my cousin has a daughter who took her first steps while I was there. And watching her fall down and get back up and fall mm-hmm. down and get back up is just such a beautiful, again, it's a beautiful reminder of like, you're not going to get it right the first time. But if you never got up after falling down, you would never learn how to walk. And then you wouldn't learn how to run. And you wouldn't learn, like you you, ha- like you have to fall to learn how to walk, right? Like you have to fail to learn how to succeed. So I love that you... I love that you shared that and there was something else that it slipped my mind, but yeah, I feel like sometimes, oh, here's what it was. I love that you said having a plan for a worst case scenario. So from a nervous system perspective, you feel like, okay, uh, even if it doesn't work out, I know it's going to work out in some way, Mm -hmm. but also having a plan if it does work out. Like when it does work out, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. So now you have these two plans, right? You have the worst case contingency and the best case like success. And then you get to decide which one of those two plans do you want to focus your energy on? Like, do you want to continue to stay focusing on like, if this doesn't work out I'm you know, let me just keep staying in the worst case scenario plan or get like really excited about like the best case scenario. Like, okay, I know this is here, but like we're focusing over here. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much.
0: And it's so true. It's just like, where do you want to put your energy on? Like where? And, and for anybody that is listening and they're like, okay, well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Like you're never going to be ready. Like literally there's never going to be perfect time. And I, yeah, taking the leap is like the most exciting thing. And the confidence that comes along with it, from doing something that like, you know, might not work out, that could be scary, that like that confidence is unlike anything else. It's just mm-hmm.
1: amazing. So let's talk about your brand business accelerator. Cause you kind of wove that in a little bit. Who mm-hmm. is it for? What is it? How do people get access to it? All the things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we are, in enrollment, it's a 14-week group co- uh, yeah, coaching program. Um, we focus on helping you build, monetize, and scale your personal brand. We have four phases, founder, brand, business, and marketing. So I believe that comes with your story, who you are as a founder. So we help you develop that. We build your brand from messaging to visual identity. So your logo, your colors, all of that. And then your business, helping you figure out what am I selling? Am I already selling something and why isn't it actually selling? And then marketing. So social media, email marketing and website. Um, it's really for any woman that I call them like entrepreneur or entrepreneur. So whether you're in business, um, hitting that hundred K year, but can't get past it, or you're just starting off with an idea and need to build that foundation. Um, and yeah, for anybody that's interested, they can go to empoweredconfidence.io or DM me. I have conversations in the DMs about it all the time of like, is this for me? Like this, I don't know what idea I have. I have thousands. And it's like, that's a great place to be. Right. Even if you don't Mm. have any ideas, we can help you extract them. That's the whole process. Mm.
1: I can see this being such a powerful way to start your brand, Mm -hmm. but also like you were saying for that person that's hit a hundred thousand, like so much of entrepreneurship to go back to what we were saying before is a lot of testing and trial and error and just like starting messy and like, Oh gosh, I look back at my Instagram and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I love her. And wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can see the benefit of like, okay, I've already got some wheels turning, but like, let's polish it up. Let's clean it up. And let's, let's like kind of like iron it out, Mm -hmm. but to have that in the very beginning, and then to have those tools to go forward in your business as you evolve or pivot to kind of come back to those four, four core pillars is like, I can, it's so valuable.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you most of the entrepreneurs that we do work with they are and they do an amazing job at selling their products and their business and they can tell you all the things about that but they haven't taken the time to build their brand as a founder as an entrepreneur right like we come last and so no matter where you are again whether you do just have an idea or you've been in business for a few years we start in the same exact place we start with your founder story we have an in-house copywriter so we help you if words aren't your thing like we help you literally write down your bi- biography um We go through like time management and productivity and all of the things that you need as a successful human, but also as a successful entrepreneur. Then we dive into, you know, making sure that no matter where people find you, your brand is consistent and, you know, it is very much quote unquote on brand. Um, And then making sure that your services and products are doing what you want them to do and, Mm -hmm. and getting you in front of as many people as possible.
1: So good. And you are a walking embodiment of all of that. You're an incredible storyteller, like your social media, everything that you're offering, like you can tell that you really embody this work and that you are, you know, an expert at it because not only does it show in your own brand, but from the results that your clients are getting as well. So you guys, if you you. want connect with Marina, so Marina made me do it was your old Instagram, but what is, (laughs) what is your new one? Uh, Marina A. Middleton is my new one. And I very much miss Marina
0: made me do it. That was, that was my fitness, you know, fitness world of, of trying to, uh, support people and getting healthy. But, uh, yes, Marina, a Middleton is where you can find me
1: now. Do you remember how many different Instagram bio or Instagram handles you've had? No, but to... the
0: one, a lot, a lot, like so much. And I also remember my, MySpace name was most guys are scumbags. And so <laughs> that just shows you the trauma that I had growing up. <laughs> So we've come a long way, even oh. though I really miss that, um, miss that handle so much. I feel like I still want to use it, but my husband would not love that.
1: I think mine was Myliss, like M Y L I S S, and it was like an ex boyfriend used to say it was like short for Melis, but he called yeah. me Myliss. and I think that was my.
0: Oh, I actually Myliss love
1: that Myliss. Yeah, and yeah. I had like it was all pimped out with like Adriana Lima all over it because I like <laughs> thought you know she was like my doppelganger back in the day, and I would tan a lot. Providence, Providence days yes. school in Rhode Island. Um, I can't remember my first Instagram, but I remember changing it to Melissa team fit girl. Cause that's when mm-hmm. I was like doing all the fitness stuff. And then I had it that way forever. And then I remember I was looking for, uh, I wanted to buy melissamartin.com and it was like three grand. I was like, I'm not paying three grand. So I did the Melissa Martin. I was like, I am claiming this. And I remember like changing my Instagram handle, being like the Melissa Martin, like claiming my identity. Right. So it's just so funny how like we embody our Instagram handles. Right. It's like such a big, it's such a huge identity piece, which again, kind of speaks to everything that you're saying about your brand and your personal brand. And like what, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like Instagram is, is taking the place of websites. I mean, that could be a whole other podcast, but yeah.
0: Literally. Um, yeah, no, I had, a, I had so many handles and it's, it, I love that you said like you embody it. It's so true. Like you just, you like transform to whoever that person is and what, you know, and the content yeah. that they create. Um, but yeah, I like having my name now It's a big deal moving from Marina Abraham to Marina Middleton. I was like, oh my God, it just doesn't flow as much now that I'm married. Like this is, you know, but, um, Yeah. My husband won that one. So Marina Middleton, it is. It's a beautiful name. It's
1: powerful and it's obviously working. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) All right. Well, I, I feel like we could talk for a whole another hour. Thank you so much for being so willing to share parts of your story and being an incredible storyteller. It makes, you know, the, the job of a podcaster so easy when you're such a great, great storyteller. Okay. Last question. What are you celebrating right now?
0: Ooh, what am I celebrating right now? Okay, can I do two? You can do whatever you want. This is your okay. So personal. I am celebrating um, my son starting flag football. He like thrives in sports and communities, and it just makes me so happy. Like I moved my whole entire schedule so I can start going to his practices. So I I love that this is something that makes him so happy. Um, And I'm also celebrating from a business standpoint, uh, we launched a a retreat and we sold it within 72 hours, sold it out. It was just insane. Um, So being able to transition part of my business in person is everything. Like we can connect a lot virtually, but there's just something so magical about in person. And so that is my biggest, my biggest celebration right now.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And when,
0: when will that be? Um, so we have one that's coming up in October of 2022 and then one that's happening April
1: 2023. Amazing. And is that one um, still open for enrollment?
0: Yep. Yep. So if you're interested in attending the April 2023 one, um, they can just, you can uh, DM me and let me know that you listen to this podcast and that you're interested in going. We haven't opened the doors publicly um, because it, it really does sell out so, so fast. So um, yeah, send me a DM.
1: Amazing. Marina, like I said, I could literally just sit here and, and listen to you speak all day because you're you are an incredible storyteller and a great speaker. And um again, authenticity is the word that just comes up when I think about uh, of you. And and you know, this is a further example of that. So thank you so much for spending this time with me today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for creating such a safe space for me to share anything and everything and I know everybody that's listening is going to just feel very safe. And I like that, that you've created that you should be really proud.
1: That is like the highest compliment I could ever receive. So thank you. I received that. All right, you guys, if you love this episode, which I know you will, because it was amazing. Make sure you share it with someone you know would love it. And until your next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of.